0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour, with your other host, Richard Geiger. That's me, the cool one. Well, you know, I, I, my mom says I'm cool. We are also with our good friend, Delvin Cox. How are you doing, buddy? I'm
1: doing good. How you guys doing? It.
0: Oh, it's, there have been better days. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, we won't go into specifics, but the, the joys of working with technology in the background, it is not glamorous uh, and it does not like us.
2: <laughs> in the least. No, no, no
0: it, it does not go well. So we have a fantastic episode for you today. Uh, in fact, And talking to Delvin a little bit uh, behind the scenes, Uh, apparently, uh, Great Minds Think Alike, he had recorded an episode along these same kind of lines on his own on his Patreon. If you haven't listened to it, you should definitely give it a listen. But uh, we are going to be talking about Transformers the movie. Is this one of your favorites, Delvin?
1: This is my favorite movie of all time
2: whoa oh,
0: oh. Okay. yeah okay so that may be a, a bit of a, a bit of a tell as to what your scoring is going to be but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Completely> biased. <laughs> hey we've all got those movies i've got a handful myself where i just absolutely love them and nobody else does if you if you've not seen uh if you've not seen forrest whitaker in uh in his samurai film uh, definitely go watch it. Uh, it it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful film with, uh, uh, with some great uh, hip-hop music and some plot that makes zero sense, but I love it anyway. Um, I can't
1: remember the name of it. I know, you, I know which one you're talking about. I can't remember
0: the name of it. It's Way of the Samurai. Um,
2: oh, G- Ghost Dog? Go, Ghost
0: Dog. Ghost Dog, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's, I, I love that film. His best friend is a person that sells ice cream, speaks French, he doesn't speak French. I mean, that—that that is the movie right there. It's its so fantastic. Um, all right, so anyway, so Transformers of the movie, this film was such a big thing back in the 80s. I mean, it was so big.
2: Yeah, we, we have to preface what we're saying is we're not talking about any of the Michael Bay... Yeah, I don't... Um, yeah. No,
0: I don't even acknowledge they exist.
2: So this is the one, this is the OG one. This is the generation one Transformers right here.
0: So how how old were you, Delvin, when this when this came out? Were you like in the in the in the young the, the tween, what they call tween years now?
1: No, I was six years old when this oh, came out.
0: You were the perfect age for this film.
1: Yes. And I was a huge Transformers fan. I was a Huge Transformers, He-Man, and Brainstorm
0: oh good good uh good choices good choices uh not most most people would not remember even those that live through that would not remember brave star but that was that was some fun sci-fi cowboy goodness yes
2: yeah. and there's a new uh new he-man on the way if i'm not mistaken
0: yeah yeah excited for that.
2: we'll we'll see So,
0: okay, so for those of us, uh, or so I should say, for those of you that are listening that are not familiar, uh, we're going to go over how we do our movie reviews very briefly and give uh, a spoiler-free rating of what we think of the movie, and then we will have a brief section where we uh, attempt to tell you about some of the cool things that are going on, and then we jump into the spoiler-heavy. Now, of course, at the same time, if you haven't seen this movie by now, you're probably not going to see it. But hopefully maybe we'll change some minds and they'll go watch this film just because it is kind of a classic in, in so many ways. Um, so for me, uh, I also have a great fondness for this film. You know, It takes a chunk of uh, my younger self and brings me back to good days. But I tried to have unbiased uh, goggles on when I watched it again recently just to see, is it as good as I remember it being? And it is. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely worth watching on video for me.
2: Um, I I owned it on VHS, and now unfortunately I don't have that VHS tape anymore. So I, was, I wouldn't have been able to watch it anyway on VHS. But no, that was I, I've owned and watched that movie quite a bit. Um, now in going back and wanting to watch it again. I know if you if you find it on some streaming service where you can purchase it, it's normally about ten bucks. Um, I did see it for five dollars recently, uh, so I guess I guess that's what we kind of have to base our initial thoughts on. Like, hey, would we buy this movie now for five dollars or ten dollars? That's the real. That's I think the real question. For five or ten, that's that's an easy
0: buy.
1: I would put it this way. I bought the movie when it originally came out several years ago on Blu-ray. And it didn't even come out in America. It came out in Australia for 70 bucks, uh, And I still have that version of it. And I bought the version that came out down here like a couple years ago.
2: Yeah, there was a remastered version, right? Yes. Yeah, it's... And that... that... That's is that the the Blu-ray DVD digital combo. Uh, it's a Blu-ray and a weird digital copy that you have to go to a specific website to get the version of it.
1: Interesting. It's yeah. It's so weird how they did it. It's not. It's not like iTunes didn't come out. You got to go to this specific off-brand site to get this version of the movie.
2: So questionable legality uh. <laughs> <laughs> is is that still a Rhino property?
1: If I'm correct. I don't think the remastered is. No, I don't think the so. one. The, the first one is the first one that came out of Australia is, and the DVD is also. But the remastered, I don't think it is. It's something else. But I don't remember the company that does, does it. But it has all the things that the Rhino version had. Okay. Like the deleted scenes and stuff like that, the storyboards.
0: That's that's kind of cool. Uh Well, anyway, so. Basically, all of us are saying you should own a copy of this. At least if you're of uh, a sci-fi and and uh, cartoon loving bent. But
2: uh,
1: Yeah, and I think the, the interesting thing about this well, I think a lot of people haven't seen this movie because it's, it's been so long ago, and a lot of people don't know about this movie that when it first came out, it was very controversial. Oh yeah, and that's one of the reasons why it took so long for it to come on DVD and stuff because. A lot of people, they thought it flopped essentially because parents were upset, which we'll get into later. But parents were really upset about this. Movie.
2: Yeah. Spoiler free. Yes. Yeah. So this this technically takes place between seasons two and three of the Gen One Transformers TV series, cartoon TV series. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we jump into anything specific,
0: don't forget to check out uh, uh, our Twitter. Because we are constantly, at the very least, assaulting you with a quote every day from somebody that's dead that can't get mad at us. Uh, We are at Real Pudding Guys. Plus, we'll let you know of upcoming episodes and neat stuff that are going on. We're also on, uh, of course, Facebook and Instagram as uh, Pudding Guys. We're on Patreon, just like Delvin is. And you can support both of us. Our ability to help make new content and put new things on is definitely always helped by the people that support, and Delvin is is uh, definitely uh, going full uh, full throttle with this. He's got some great content that you can get just from going on to his Patreon. Yes, thank you. I
2: appreciate that. What is your uh, your Patreon or your Instagram or Twitter so that everyone else can hop on and follow? Well, the,
1: the Twitter is Delvin underscore Cox. The Patreon is the
0: Delvin Cox Experience at Patreon.com. I don't know my Instagram. I think Instagram is the Delvin Cox Experience. <laughs> get so many of these. Way. Get so many of these. It's hard to keep track of everything.
1: <laughs> that's very true. All
0: right. Well, let's 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 get into over analyzing everything. Um, so normally I like to start with the cast, but let's not start with the cast this time. Let's let's start with the director. Uh, Nelson uh, Shin is the director of this particular uh, film. Are you guys? familiar with uh, with this gentleman i am uh, he's a person that makes movies <laughs> <laughs> well well for my for my associate uh uh he has a limited um a limited directorial grouping a lot of the stuff that he's known for is either through production or through the actual animation so, um, on the production side, he obviously helped to produce the Transformers movie, but he also did the Transformers television show. He produced the land before time, you know, all of them, it seems like Uh Simpsons movie. He produced that, oh. uh, but he also did animation for the Simpsons. He did the, uh, uh, D and D cartoon on television. He did uh, Spider-Man and then Spider-Man is amazing friends. Some of the Hulk, uh, he did uh, fantastic four, just like, Every Pink Panther ever. I mean, so he's got a lot of history with a lot of animated properties.
1: Yes.
0: So, where did you kind of uh, get your your uh, exposure to Mister Shen Delvin? Well, I watched all those cartoons,
1: and especially Transformers. I know when I used to watch the Transformers cartoon show, and in the end credits, his name would always come up. So that's how I kind of knew. The cool thing about this movie is that. For the most part most of the people from the TV show worked on this movie.
2: Yeah, it showed. That's why it's that's why that name is familiar when you see it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. when when it comes to, I mean, if I were approaching this as a new film, my mindset is basically, well, this dude, I don't know how how strong his directorial chops are, but if he's been in animation, that's kind of a lot like like the same kind of skill set in some respects at least it feels like that I mean so I, it seems like that he would be just as successful behind the director's chair as he would be for everything else so that would if this were a new movie that would get me excited for this movie
2: and I I guess in this one you if you're going to be the director you have to have your hands in everything now most directors do but since this is Kind of an anime, like all the storyboards, all the creation, all the artwork. I mean, you got to be a little bit of everything if you're going to be director oh, yeah. in this type of movie. So,
0: this is going to be a very short. I mean, because obviously we're going to spend most of our time in the cast and the plot and things. But for me, that makes his kind of director. Normally, I give like a 15 out of a 20 for an average. I would end up putting him more closer to like a 16 or a 17 out of a 20. For the director spot,
1: what you I'm going to give him um, 17.
2: I like 16. 16 is fair. So we'll get past
0: that. That's pretty easy. And kind of as a side note, um, I want to mention we usually don't have a, a spot specifically for the writer, but the writer of this was uh, Ron Friedman. And if you have watched anything from 1960 like three forward or something like that. He's written something for it. I mean, this dude has just written so much. And that maybe plays into a little bit of why this, this particular movie is so accessible. But we'll get back to that in the, uh, in the uh, plot and writing side of things. So let's go uh, costuming and props next just because there isn't any. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give this a 10 just because
2: I can and I like this film. Well, I think that's fair. Um, in a sense, there is a prop. I mean, there's a lot of them. Well, Not yeah, that's true. In real terms. You know, the the matrix of leadership, you know? I mean, that's a prop. I, I guess you could look at it that way. Um, it's, a, it's a dope chain, uh, <laughs> depending on how it's presented. What uh, stood out to you, Delvin?
1: trying to think of well, the matrix, for one thing. They had a lot of different things in this movie that I thought were pretty cool. It's one of the few movies that had
0: hoverboards at that time. Is it the first movie? Um, well it definitely predated uh the Back to the Future to
1: hoverboard. The, future,
0: the Back to the Future. Was yeah. I I don't remember seeing anything hoverboard before this. I, I doubt it was the first, but it was one of the first.
2: But wasn't was, it, was yeah. it more like hot hover slash it had rockets on the back though, right? Yeah, it's just how it hovered. Yeah,
1: it's like the it's almost like, it's pretty much like the one from Back
0: to the Future 2, the, um, what it's called, the pit bull? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. That 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 is a very even visually very similar. Yeah. And uh, he was so good at riding it for the 2 seconds that, yeah. <laughs> that he was on. It.
1: <laughs>
0: you know, he's he's young. He's young, he's learning. Um, I guess you could kind of um, consider the exosuits kind of yeah. costuming
2: yeah a prop also a, a prop, prop also because yeah. it had it came into play it did at the end you know in well in other segments but you know towards the end yeah uh, although every time I look at
0: that segment where the transformation occurs all I think of is like that should have broken him in
2: half yes <laughs> <laughs> And, and if, well, if you look at the suit, you know, the arms don't extend. It's not a true size proportion. No. So it's, and it's very ruggedized, too, as it transforms, and then they skid across rocky outcroppings and whatever. Well, and it, and they had to take that into consideration. It looked like
0: a mountain could fall on him, and he'd be fine. Uh, if somebody sneezes on Optimus Prime, he dies.
2: That's, that's not true. I was... <laughs> Uh, expertly, expertly placed shrapnel. Right, right. Of course, uh, um, piece of shrapnel. <laughs> what, what,
0: uh, what would you probably say? You, are you in the ten category too, Delvin? Because you're, you're. I know you're a fan. Yes. All right. We'll get past that. Now we're getting to the stuff where we can actually dig into some of the meat. Uh, let's go with location. So, most of the film took place either somewhere around Cybertron somewhere around Autobot City somewhere in space uh, the uh, planet the junk planet yep. uh, the uh, planet Junkion. Yeah, yeah and the planet of the strange multi-faced uh, robot that the quintessons quintessons yeah the quintessons and then unicron is both character and the location yeah yeah so it had quite a few locations that it went between
2: I know that when I was uh, young, I had a Sharkticon for one of my Transformers, so um, I appreciated the drove of a planet that was just filled with Sharkticons and uh, a couple Quintessons, which came in later to play in later later seasons, but... uh, I like the diversity of each
1: planet. Every planet felt like a different place in terms of how Autobot City felt like Earth, but like a futuristic version of Earth. Then you had um, Moonbase 1 that literally felt like Moonbase. You had Unicron that wasn't, he was a planet, but he wasn't a planet you really inhabit. Not he was dude. just like, he was kind of like his, more like his own orbit. And he he was just destroying the planet. Then you just add on the fact that they had like, it was so much diversity in the, in the planet and stuff. Quintessa was like a, a under, almost an underwater planet that was ruled by dictators essentially yeah. then he had a planet in the eyes that was just a, a garbage planet and these, these robots who were sentient enough to know that hey if we get hurt we can rebuild ourselves and be right back fine again. And the only technology they initially had was american tv
0: which was mildly entertaining but we'll get to that part
2: <laughs>
1: Mushida,
0: but it it's with the pacing that the film had even though there weren't technically all that many locations that you went to it felt like you were going to a lot of places and i think they they had the right the right number of locations to keep things interesting and like you said there was a, a a good deal of variety that played into that uh i i, I think they did quite well on that now I, I don't know if it was as diverse in my second viewing i mean with my adult eyes watching it again um, seemed a little little less, uh, less different because, I mean, the first thing I think of is like, okay, on Earth, we have plants. They came as robots. But every single planet we see just happens to have robots on it. <laughs> so I, I know it's Transformers, but seems mildly odd.
2: Yeah, all, all the planets, when you first saw them getting destroyed by Unicron was just a planet of Robots and like a bustling one big city was this planet, but it was all robot inhabitants.
0: Oh, and I gotta say something about that. Okay, so it's all robots, super futuristic, and this kind of shows the age of the cartoon to a certain extent. Uh, in that planet where Unicron is going to be in the process of destroying everything, the scientist that's at the very beginning of the cartoon still working with beakers
2: yeah <laughs> that's that's true Beaker, beakers and uh some Bunsen burners and you got a whole typical lab setup from yeah it's like oh it's a, it's a robot but he's also an alchemist
0: <laughs> just kind of gave that feel to me well you know it keeps him grounded a little bit oh, yeah absolutely it's more relatable yeah i I just use rubber for that i I get it but but um this right All right, so <laughs> So what about you uh, delvin out of uh, out of a grand total of 10? What do you think about the location score? 10. 10. <laughs> I have a feeling this is going to be a common theme. What about you Richard? Hmm.
2: I mean let's go with a nine let's be let's keep it you know only an A, not an A plus. I'm probably going to put this
0: at about a seven on the locations. Definitely good, maybe not so enamored on, on that part of it. Um, now, cinematography in an animated film kind of goes to the, to the side of stylized, uh, the way that they decided to keep the art the same as the, the comics uh, and, and how they put the scenes together and the way the animation was done. Uh, what did you guys think of that?
1: I thought it looked amazing. I like the fact that they didn't change how the cartoon looked, but they just polished it up enough to make it feel and look like a professional movie. So you, the Optimus Prime looks like Optimus Prime. Yeah. But it's almost like they added another coat to him to make him it look more darker. And like I said, if you watch this movie in 4K, it's
2: beautiful. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think. It also has the same typical things that you run into when you watch the show where if it's if there's a segment of the animation or segments that are real clean, everything looks sharp and detailed or like they put the effort in to really make it deep, like have the lines straight and have things make sense. But then there's always the little segments in there that the animation skips or it's not like... It's like, oh, we got to fix this because this thing's going to be out in a month, so let's draw something up real quick. There are definitely segments of that that I see intermingled in between where it's just like almost those bits were afterthoughts or corrections. And you you could see them all throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, but it's a good thing. It's better that than what happened in the cartoon on the television show where often the color schemes were inverted or wrong or... Uh, yeah, some of the really strange things that would occasionally happen in that cartoon I'm glad you brought that up because I was watching it I,
1: I watched. I was showing my daughter the original cartoon series and we were watching an episode and she burst out laughing because one of the Autobots is saying, hey, where's Bumblebee? <laughs> and literally um, they they messed up the color scheme and Cliff Jumper is the same color as Bumblebee <laughs> so he looks like so it looked like Bumblebee never left. And he's like, he's like isn't that Bumblebee right there? I'm like
2: Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> <That is.
1: laughs>
0: now one thing I, I can't I can't completely look at this film with adult eyes on this because I also have to look at it at the time that it was produced on this because I mean obviously there have been advancements in the way that films like this are put together. But for that time, the thing that really impressed me was how much more fluid this particular movie was uh, in comparison to the cartoon or in, even in comparison to other cartoon movies. It just seemed to be put together in such a way that it looked natural uh, for everything that was in there. And, and I could still see it even watching it again this time. Yeah, I agree
1: with that completely. I think when I think of cartoon movies around that time that looked that great, I would think of like heavy metal. And stuff like that. And I feel like this movie kind of took that a little bit to another level because heavy metal style, while it looks awesome, because it looks like heavy metal looks like a how do I say this? Like a a painting on a on a van.
0: Oh yeah, definitely.
1: Transformers kinda holds up a little better because it looks a little bit more
0: crisper, I wanna say. Yeah, I go with that. Well,
2: I think one of the things that I noticed is as episodes progress through like the seasons and Transformers, they get beat up or they get hurt, but they always look like they're in the same shape they were before. At least they showed in this one them being weathered. Oh, yeah and as it progressed you know some of them had their cracks and the scratches and stuff on them. so you definitely you definitely i noticed that over the course of the movie that every like they weren't all in just the best shape which made sense right? oh yeah yeah
0: definitely so uh, for me cinematography it's definitely solid maybe not uh to the level of a current-day movie, but I still, out of a a ranking of 20 points, I'd still give it a solid 15.
2: Well, you know, considering this was 30 years ago and everything was hand-drawn, and if you look at some things that evolved from hand-drawn to computer-generated, right? So, right, that was, like, The Simpsons or... um, Ah, uh, well, With um, I can't think because the, the guy brain, with the thing, yeah, the guy with the thing, and you know with uh, Cartman and Kenny and all those. Oh, movies. oh, South yeah, Park, South Park, yeah, absolutely. You know that was all not necessarily hand drawn in a scent, but but like hand created, and then it went to an animated form. In the in the middle of it, of the seasons, right? So, I, I think all you ever saw from these original Transformers was hand drawn. Basically, craftsmanship, right? Art in it, in its own right. Sure. And we all wish that if the new Transformer movies that have been around looked like this animation looked like, if their characters looked like this, we'd all think that the movies today were worlds better, even just from a look standpoint. Imagine if they were actually had a good director with them. I mean, what what you would do? But now we got to be nice michael well, bay
1: well, yeah, can, can
2: do well that, everybody who's seen bumblebee say the same thing
1: the best part of bumblebee is the first 10 minutes of the movie yeah. when yeah. they show like the g1 transformers in full glory fighting on cybertron it's, it's
2: undisputable. Yeah. yeah so like just clean cut versions of what we anticipate these things look like so Considering that, like I said, this was done more than actually more than thirty years ago, um, and for how clean it is and the colors, um, I, I guess that there are some things that I can't—they have typical transformer errors in them, so I can't give it a twenty, but I'll give it an eighteen. Solid. What about you, Delvin? I go eighteen. You're going with eighteen on that.
0: Fantastic. Alright, so now let's jump back to the cast, which is worth twenty. Now there's a lot of interesting things with the cast. Now I've got a bunch of it written down, but I know Delvin, you've got your own personal notes on this. What is some of your favorite parts about the cast on this film?
1: It's such a diverse cast of all the original characters from the T V series, like Peter Cullen, of course, playing Optimus Prime. Yeah. But then you got Judd, Nelson, Litter D Boy. The cast is surprisingly really good for an animated film, like incredibly really good, Boy. almost actually really good.
2: And it, like heavy hitters too. You don't just have Orson Welles in your random shows. Like to, I, it's his, I, his
1: I final film. That's y- the craziest thing about it. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like how you got him to to do this. Maybe he just got paid pretty well. well that's <laughs> almost certainly what it is. He he was phoning stuff in by this
0: point. But
1: Did you hear the story behind that?
0: Uh, uh, please tell us. Yes, go ahead.
1: The fact that he was so sick. Originally, Unicron was not was not supposed to sound like that. But he was so sick at the time, they had to keep compressing it, mixing his voice to get it at least decent. It was almost unusable. They almost had to take him out the film because he was so sick at the time, it didn't sound right. So... so They end up making it work. But, like I said, there's a lot of lines that Unicorn had in the movie. They couldn't use because his voice was just so bad at that point. He was so deteriorating.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Well, one of the things that I I found interesting, there there are a couple of just hidden gems of people that are in here, Uh, one of which, one of my favorites, is uh, uh, Scatman Crothers. Crothers, yep. I mean, jazz wouldn't be jazz without him doing the voice and for those individuals who are too young to know any better i mean this was a, a talented musician and a, an actor that was just in a ton of sho- uh, shows he was um in the shining i mean he was the the he was the person that looked after the hotel basically uh, the groundskeeper right and uh you know, I mean, just he's he's in a ton of stuff. You can't. I mean, you can't. You can hardly miss him. He was a, he was the voice of Hong Kong Fui. Hmm. I mean, I mean, how cool is that? But just kind of an interesting thing. We are located in Bloomington, Indiana, doing this recording. Scatman's from Terre Haute, just down the road. Oh. But uh, Casey Kasem, Casey Kasem, that's Cliff Jumper, right? Eric Idle. Out of Monty Python as Retgar. Retgar, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Um, You can't have an 80s cartoon and not have Christopher Collins in it. I mean, the voice of Starscream and um, Cobra Commander. I mean, uh, he was so good. I mean, so iconic in those roles. It just, they would not have been the same without him. Uh, i mean just just fantastic and of course yeah frank welker as megatron i mean frank's done voices i'm sure he's done my voice at some point uh, he's done that many voices
2: and they're still like still doing oh yeah yeah and the the thing about this is obviously it is a a movie and they had the budget to spend a little bit more on some of the things so when you look at Leonard Nimoy doing Galvatron. Obviously, he didn't carry forward in the subsequent seasons of the show. So it was special just to have him do this voice for this movie. And it was like that with like, Judd Nelson was the same way, too. So, Well, just- and truthfully, Galvatron didn't live long. Or prosper.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's late enough that the jokes are just going to get worse, folks.
2: I mean, to to, to quote Ke- uh, Ken Seymour, "Oh Wells." <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, but no. I mean, they, they lined these they lined these actors. I mean, some of them had been doing the, the parts like you were saying, uh, Delvin, they they already had the voice actors from the original show, and they just kind of fleshed it out for the movie with some some heavier hitters, and it's you you could not get much better than this particular grouping of voice actors.
2: And we can't forget Robert Stack either.
0: No, no, we definitely can't forget him.
2: It was just everybody was just so good. I, I I just love the fact that a lot of these characters that you recognized from the show all had the same actor, like the all the voices. And all the new ones of course had, you know, different different people in them, but they brought in the the talent that I guess as an adult today, like we recognize, maybe when we were a kid, we didn't. We just thought the voice was super awesome. But uh, I. you can't have a good animated movie without a good bit of voice talent behind it. Uh, see my most recent review for The Lion King as <laughs> proof for that. But uh, yeah, this is a top notch.
0: Oh, well, what would you rate the, uh, the cast uh, out of 20 points? mr cox 20. yeah i kind of figured that was coming <laughs> what about you uh mr
2: geiger mm. I, I think it's as close to perfect as you can get
0: yeah uh so i gotta i gotta do 19. i i'm in the same boat i think i'm i think i'm a 19 on that one too uh can't get much better than that um okay so that just leaves us to the real meat and potatoes of everything the plot and the writing um so this is where i tried to take off the rose colored glasses
2: (laughs) and and honestly this is where a lot of the movies that we review this is where they just get torn apart oh yeah um not to say that this one will in a sense but most of them take the hits on the points from this category
0: so what did you think plot-wise, Delvin? I know this is one of your favorite films. What speaks to you about this film and the plot?
1: I like two things about this film that I thought was cool. It's a it's, it's typical coming-of-age story, for one thing. But what I liked about it was, one, the story is fast. It's not like like nowadays movies are two, three hours long. I think Transformers is like 85 minutes.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty quick movie.
1: And it tells you a, a cool, short, concise story. Now, there are some points where are like, okay, now, did, did this really need to happen or things like that? It's some kind of little bit of missteps, to certain, but it's not, nothing really too egregious. And because the movie's so rapidly, everything happens so fast in the movie, you don't even notice that it, it's flying by. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorite things about the movie.
0: And that's and funny thing you say that. That's one of the things I didn't like about the movie watching it again. I as a kid that was a great thing to have because it moved fast, but as an adult me watching this again it's like it, the pacing is just is too quick. I can't. It's, it's gone before I can really enjoy it.
2: Yeah, you were you were into it and things happened that you didn't know why they were happening in a sense and it just kind of took off and Kept going, like which you, fast, fast pace is fine. Yeah, you didn't get a lot of time to react, and and there wasn't a lot of like I said uh, detail or backstory, and not that some of the stuff needed detail or backstory, it was it just felt like some of the stuff just happened, right? Whether it needed to or or didn't, it just happened.
1: I, I, that's one of the things I kind of like about it because I, it's crazy to say this; it's technically a kids' movie so I'm kind of figuring they felt like kids have short attention spans they're not going to sit there two or three hours from Backstory but I like seeing Backstory I think it would have been cool to see because there are certain things that wasn't answered it didn't kind of make sense like put it, like one example is the fact that how did Ultra Magnus become second in command when yeah. you watched the original Transformers TV series since it was jazz
0: and well I, I just I figured it was because Optimus kind of saw it's like well you're a truck too I like trucks <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's, it's like a little thing like that. And the fact that when did all these
1: new Transformers come from, especially Cup, who's apparently been around forever, but you've never seen him in the original series?
2: Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, you know, when I was younger, I had the Ultra Magnus, like the whole the, the big Transformer. He was huge. He was, he was big, yeah. real big. Um, I had Cup, too. Cup was, um, a lot of those Transformers were plastic, mm-hmm. but Cup was metal and he had le- these nice little rubber tires on them. So, uh, he was like a legit transformer. Oh yeah. Uh, that
0: those toys back then, some of them were were built really well. The the Triple Changer I had the uh, I had the Decepticon that was the train and the shuttle.
2: Uh, Blitzwing, is that? Mm, something like that. Astro train. Astro, Astro train, train. Yeah, yep.
0: yeah. I, Blitzwing I, has a tank. Yeah. yeah. And uh see, I mean it's it's Part of the part of the issue is things that should have kind of some sort of Im- feeling impact. They just kind of pass by. So at the beginning of the film, uh, towards the beginning, anyway, like four Autobots are just just killed,
2: <laughs> just dead. Well, Sorry, that, gone. And, and see that that's kind of what I liked about this movie was yeah. that they weren't afraid to basically kill off. Main characters that you had grown attached to in the first couple seasons, and you're right. It's it's like it, there's no consequence to it. It's an it's a passover. It's an afterthought. Like oh, they just got blasted, and, and you're left with wow. Did did Ironhide like did these all just die? And then it's just on to the next group of people. <laughs>
1: did, did you guys hear the story about that?
0: I I didn't. I did not.
1: The story behind that is the fact... Okay, I'll just tell this real sure. quick. It's about toys. Yeah, it's about 100% about toys. They, they, the movie is basically was basically made as a marketing tool to get rid of the original toy series line and to bring in a new line for kids to purchase that new line of toys. Of course. So the whole thing was, let's kill off all the old Transformers. That's why, essentially, all the, all the old guard was killed off in the movie
2: to put in the new line of toys. Oh, that's awful. Like if you look at the Galvatron toy, it it doesn't look like the movie, even the color no. schemes different. Yeah. And that's because the toy was already made. Like the toy was made, it was produced before the movie was even done. So they yeah. they get a, a rough idea and of course they changed it so that it looked better in the movie, but that's why it looks completely different. <laughs>
0: But you know that, and, and I understand the corporate need to uh, make as much profit as possible uh, off of uh, off of our young children. Uh, myself, uh, being younger at that time, not realizing what's happening. Uh, but the just from a storytelling standpoint, I mean, you remember the old GI Joe television show where you would have two armies, two massive armies that could not hit the broad side of a barn with the gun that they were firing. The Transformers show was the exact same way. Nobody hit anything hardly. They would occasionally hit something. Autobots were a little bit better aimed than the Decepticons were. Uh, But in this, apparently they all took classes (laughs) on how to shoot things.
1: I think for this movie, I think it works. Because when you're watching it, you don't expect it. And it's so jarring to start the movie with. Even when you see Unicron eat that planet. You're yeah. like, oh, they'll be all right. <laughs> you don't really pay <laughs> attention to it to the point where, like, all oh, those guys just die. But when you see this big scene that, scene that happens on the ship, and you see some of your favorite Transformers get literally obliterated oh, yeah. in one of cool. the most violent scenes ever in a cartoon series, it shows you, whoa, what is going on here? I, and we're well, we going to talk about this part of ours. we already talking about it right now. Yeah. This is what caused the controversy in the 80s because parents took their kids to see this movie thinking oh this is a family fun movie then they get in there and all these transformers yeah their robots are getting brutally killed and kids (laughs) started crying because of it
0: yep oh and and the other thing that makes me laugh is it's a real 80s you can tell it's an 80s movie because this is a cartoon for kids and there is profanity in it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's just like really no one would ever get away with that today it's like watching airplane an airplane is a PG film but there is a fully well not fully nude but a, a topless woman that runs across the front of the screen and stands there for a couple of seconds and then moves on PG you would never get away with that today <laughs> but uh that I had for completely forgotten about the profanity and just when I was, I was like shit it's like Whoa! Where'd that come from? Yeah,
1: it's a few curse words in the movie, and also we we don't even talk about this. The soundtrack for the movie
2: soundtrack was fantastic. It's a
1: power rock ballad soundtrack. Oh yeah, phenomenal soundtrack. I,
2: I I think the thing that makes this film, and we'll see them in my bonus points, uh, that takes this movie over the top is the soundtrack and it's yeah. not just the soundtrack itself it's the soundtrack and where they place the songs in the events of the things that were happening as they were happening oh yeah it matched up perfectly it was just so so killer like the a couple of the songs just like they give you the feels inside like when when everybody like they're on um on earth and Decepticons are attacking, everything looks bleak. And then here comes Optimus Prime to save the day. And he just by runs him, through by them himself. All and just annihilates everybody as <laughs> he's going through it. And it's like, oh get out. like it like I said, it just it just gives you the the good feels because of the soundtrack. Here, here's our army of Autobots. You guys stay over here, I'm going to kill everybody.
0: Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes in movie history
1: by far. Cause it's such an awesome moment where I remember seeing like like nothing like Optimus sends down a Dino Boss to take out Devastator. Yeah, and they basically fun. cancel each other out. Yeah, and Optimus kind of takes a survey and feel like, oh, there's no one left to stop these Decepticons, and he he, he kind of has to look like he knows he's gonna die, but he has to take out as many as he can, and then we see that, like they start playing the touch.
0: Yeah
1: which if you watch that movie what's the movie that, that movie that just you basically, t- basically t- changed the whole way that song is looked at? what was the movie with Mark Wahlberg
0: um good lord can
1: you
0: play that song again i'm trying to remember i i don't remember which film it was now, that I, th- now that I think now i think about the
1: gigolo
0: it. in the movie oh oh you're talking about uh uh hustle no, no. Bo- boogie nights boogie nights
1: Before that happened, as soon as Optimus Prime transformed and it starts right on that key starting to soul the touch, and you see Optimus Prime mowing down the whole Decepticon army. Yeah. And it explodes out of it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. It just started
1: gunning down multiple Decepticons. Basically takes out the whole army.
0: Yeah, yeah. He was is, he is, he is, he he Rambo been- in, in a machine form. Yes, and it essentially
1: goes to Megatron like it says this badass line of one shall stand, one shall fall. It was an amazing scene that, like I said, there are not many moments in the movie history I can think of that gave me goosebumps like that. Yes, exactly.
0: Oh, but there, there were other little small touches that I did appreciate as well. Like when uh, Optimus died, uh, for some reason he turned gray. <laughs> no logical sense whatsoever but on an emotional side made sense yes. uh, uh there were there were some other issues that i that i did have with it uh, um, it it seemed like it was inconsistent what would kill uh 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 one of the characters and what wouldn't so, you know, a couple of the guys get shot a couple of times. There's a bit of shrapnel. Oh, they dead. They're dead. Uh, Ultra Magnus gets torn limb from limb and gets put back together. Right? And a little bit of polish. He's fine. Yeah, <laughs> hey,
1: because
0: he's on planet <laughs> of <or> junk. <tour. laughs> Find the planet of junk. What? Magical place. They didn't grab any junk. They just took the pieces that were apart. And he's like, oh. Put <laughs> it
1: right together. Yeah,
0: okay. What? What? I miss? Uh, everything good? Oh, great! Yeah, not even not even a wire. There was not a, sh- a frayed wire anywhere. All the pieces just kind of click. Everything was good. <laughs> Should have taken Optimus there. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> well, if they did that, then they would never have had the really cool episode in the next season where they had to to find his uh, find his remains and and try and bring him back. And I was gonna say. In,
1: in- remember that episode
2: they actually tried that in the later season yeah i remember They're, they're such a fun show and i i guess every time that they have the matrix of leadership that and they try to use it and they they have the over like they're the over not overacting but like the grunting and then like the clanky, like they clanged metal together <laughs> right. for, you know, the, the sound to get it to work. Like, why won't we, like light our darkest hour? And then you just get annihilated, you know. So. Can't, can't get
0: to geode in metal container. <laughs> oh, oh, that. It, it was, it was, it was often bad, but good at the same time. And I just. It was it was too enjoyable to to kind of see some of the stuff or the fact that uh, 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 Hot Rod, who turns into Rodimus Prime when he gets the mantle of uh, uh, leadership by grabbing the 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 MacGuffin from <laughs> from everybody, he he grows larger. So his his coming of age story. Well, I'm no longer a Hot Rod.
2: Now I am an RV. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't figure out exactly what his you know his prime configuration was yeah but see and the thing about it was you're like oh my gosh this is like uh you're you've turned it over right now this he's gonna be this is it he's the new leader going forward for the transformers and the next season it's basically like it's it's like it never happened well the, he, he was leader for oh, a little
0: while before he, he
1: he was leader for a while but they did a funny thing in one episode that I just thought was hilarious in the latest season where Optimus Prime comes back and he's like here take it back <laughs> 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 he immediately gets it to him yeah, like, he turns back to Hot Rod like within seconds he didn't say hey why if, is he back if what he, is going if, on here If you later
2: yep <laughs> yes, as he, yeah. As he, he lost the, the the digitized look as has as, as he had smaller, smaller, smaller. The, the Mario mushroom went away, and then um, I guess Unicron's big transformation from a planet to a giant robot to a giant robot was. I thought that was super cool, cool. when I was a kid. It's like, man, that's so cool, and I watched it now. It's like. Yeah, but why? <laughs> I don't, I don't understand. Sure. I mean,
1: was it? It, it makes sense.
2: It, it wasn't a plot twist. It was a plot direction, right? Because he's he. What did he say at the end? So he's like, you know, you made me mad. So now you're gonna watch me beat up this planet.
1: Yes, Thank he you. said. Because um, I think that originally the whole deal was he wasn't gonna eat Cybertron. He was gonna give it to Galvatron. Yes. And mm-hmm. Since Galvatron betrayed him. It wasn't going to give him the matrix he said but well, since you betrayed me i'm not going to watch me destroy your home
0: well he said he was considering it i was considering sparing cybertron but now i'm not <laughs> so yeah. he was never going to spare cybertron i mean and that's
1: the bigger plot hole by the way
0: if, if you can't trust a giant uh robot uh planet eater i mean who can you trust
1: that's probably the biggest plot hole in the movie in terms of how all, everybody knew. To go to Cybertron to find
0: Unicron.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Even though the Autobots were on the planet of Junkie and nobody told them anything. They are like, Oh, go we're gonna go find Unicron. everybody
0: just knew where we happened to know where he was at. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh or the um Uh, What was it? One of the other things that I never understood as a kid, and I watched it again, I hoped I'd understand it, and I still don't understand it, on the other planet where it's like, you're going to be on trial, and we're going to hold this kangaroo court. They would always say innocent before they threw him into the tank. It's like, I don't think you understand what innocent means. (laughs) (laughs) That's just it. (laughs) Innocent. Oh, but yeah. So... So okay, so I have a funny feeling. I know what Delvin is going to give this score-wise for for the uh, plot. Uh, are you in the in the high teens? You're, you're like sixteen, right? No, <laughs>
1: nineteen.
0: Nineteen. Oh, oh, okay. I shouldn't have yelled that la- that loud. That's going to
2: be a little. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to sound so good. What What about you, Mister Geiger? I mean, I definitely think it's. At minimum, it's a 16. Um, I'll go with 16. All
0: right. Um, watching it again, it, it's, it's wholly enjoyable. But it's to me, it's, it's actually not very good. <laughs> but it's it's okay. It's like a good B-movie kind of a thing. So that puts it in like a 13 or a 14 kind of range. So I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and go with a 14 on the plot for me. Now, if we were to add all of our numbers up... Uh, so, uh, uh delvin has a very high score at this moment <laughs> but 95 uh, uh, close 94 is where he's at right now so we got uh, 35 45 55 64 72 82 88 on uh richard and then from me we've got uh, 29 36 46 56 62 72 81 From me, do we have any bonus points from you guys?
2: Well, I'll go with yeah. I'll 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 definitely go with some because, like I said, I I don't know if we would include the soundtrack as part of the cinematography or like what it would be. But I've got to give it points to get it into the A range. Okay, so it's got to be an A movie. So I'll give it two bonus points to get me up to ninety points. (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) What about you, Delvin?
1: I'll give it two bonus points for the soundtrack. The soundtrack
2: is one of the greatest
0: soundtracks in movie history. It is, it is particularly good, it, it really is. Now, if I'm looking at my 81, that puts it in a B minus range. Hmm, do I feel like it's a B minus movie? No, no, it's better than a B minus. I got to get it up at least into a solid B. So I'll give it the same two points for the soundtrack because that's something I can listen to
2: all the time. I mean, it's it's really really good. I have it on my phone. So, I I've, I've definitely have played it before.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty awesome. That puts you guys in 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 uh uh Delvin's just short of an A+. You're in the solid A category uh at uh, 90 puts in an A-. That puts me at a solid B. And I think that's pretty fair and I and I think it, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. Any any final thoughts, gentlemen?
1: Oh, I'll bring this up. Where do you recommend be stupid. Right. I've Great song. And that underrated board
0: out here can make a song. No, you're not kidding. That was a really that was and where it was was perfect on the on
2: the the trash oh, yeah, planet. Right. Yeah. As they as they all kind of do the weird uh like the crab dance basically. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but you gotta, you gotta think about where it starts at, which is
1: hilarious when you really think about it. The song starts playing after Ultra Magnus dies. <laughs> <laughs> because sure. the the junk after the battle when the Decepticons, they they're sitting there wanting Ultra madness Then all these junky just come out of nowhere and start attacking them. Yeah, yeah. And that's when they start playing the song.
0: Oh man, yeah. That uh, there's there's too much goodness on that.
2: I have turned that somber moment moment upside down, right?
0: <laughs> I guess <laughs> turn it sideways. Oh. But I, I got to thank you uh, so much for being on here and talking about Transformers for a little while with us, uh, Delvin. It's always a joy sharing uh, the geekness with uh, somebody that that has the same kind of joy about it that we do. Yes, is, like I
1: said, this is my favorite animated movie of all time. I love it so much. Now, anytime I wanna, this is one of the movies I will always talk about, no matter what. Anybody, anybody says, "Hey, you want to talk about Transformers?" I'll, say, I'll make time. <laughs>
2: That's a good choice. It it uh, it makes me want to go back and dig out all my. I have all the seasons of Transformers on DVD, just to sit and churn through them because, are it's like, it, I, that cartoon basically that and I guess you could say GI Joe are the ones that kind of personified me growing up as a little kid. Like yep. those are those are the ones. Those are the ones I watched. I had the toys. I did those things. So. Yeah, good stuff in the movie for me.
0: And and it's and Transformers was one of those cartoons that as it went on, it just got better, which is yeah. often not the case with with cartoons.
1: And let me add this to it: Transformers is one of the few movies that actually continues on TV directly from the movie. Yeah, because yeah. that's not a thing that happens too often. Usually, like the Stupids movie doesn't continue a TV show, it's just
0: like, oh, that happened. Well, like any other Simpsons episode.
1: Yes, and a lot of, a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows, when they have movies, it, the movie doesn't have nothing to do with the TV show itself. Transformers the Movie, season three of Transformers the Movie, is completely based off of the movie. Oh, yeah. Which I think is a cool. One. Yeah, it
2: picks right up. Yeah, that was
0: pretty awesome. Well, tell us what you think Uh, listening to this. Was this film a favorite of yours when you were a kid? Was it formative? Was it something you watched after the fact? Did we inspire you to watch this movie and love it as much as we did? Let us know on our forums, on our website, or give us a contact on social media. We would love to know what you think. But until next time, stay geeky, and we'll have more to talk about next week.